Montebello Church Sermons. Greetings. It's so good to see you again and to be with you. We have missed you. Every day is precious. Isn't it wonderful that God has put us in a family of believers? And they, this family has an eternal existence because we are the followers of Jesus Christ. And he gives to us eternal life. And I wanted to share with you how important it is to know the Lord and the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you about revival. I've been talking to you about revival a little bit from Exodus chapter 33. It's an amazing chapter. It divides into three sections. There are three stages. There's a stage of repentance. There was a, a stage of intercessory prayer. And then there is that stage of receiving and experiencing the glory of God. It's one of the most amazing passages that we have in all of God's Word, and it's condensed so clearly and so plainly. We want you to know how it all started. It, the children of Israel sinned because they got impatient when Moses went away. He was 40 days in the presence of God, receiving the law of God. And while he was away, he says, where did this Moses guy go to? We don't like being alone. And they went to Aaron. They said, Aaron, you're, put, you're in charge. We want you to make us an idol. And so they took off their earrings and they threw it into a fire and out came a golden calf. No, he, they know that they made the golden calf. Now it's interesting that after the golden calf, then they came together and they ate and then they had a terrible orgy. It was a terrible sin that they fell into. You say, why is it that they fell into such sin when they were trained to be men and women of faith, trained to care for their children and care to be faithful to their wives. And all of a sudden, this terrible immorality breaks out. But you see, that's what happens when we stop believing in God. They said, let's live as though God does not exist. And so they simply threw the law of God out and God's principles out, and they began to experience great moral decline immediately into their lives because you say, why is that? Well, if you say God's not there, then if you don't have a God that can hear you, if you don't have a God that sees you, if you don't have a God that can hold you accountable, then it means that you can do anything you want and you can get away with it. But you see, God is still real. And even though they denied the existence of God and they worship an idol, there's only one true and living God. And so they come back. And when they were confronted with this, and Moses says, God has said, because of your sin, I am no longer going to be with you. Now that was a shock to the people. They were so shocked that God was not going to be with them. He was going to remove their presence. God says, I will send you up. I'll send an angel to give you victory against the, the, all the Perizzites and Jebusites and, and all the other Zites. And I will give you victory, but I will not go with them. And they said, that's terrible, because they realized God's presence was not going to be with them. Now, it's interesting, in the next section, which is stage two, then Moses does some amazing things. The next thing that Moses does, he calls for a time a prayer, and he calls a tent meeting, and he calls it the tent meeting of the Lord. And this is an amazing thing that in that tent meeting, they would come to the presence of the Lord. And when Moses would come to talk to the Lord, he would come to the temple, excuse me, the, 
the tent that was outside the camp, he would meet there, say, God, I'm here to meet with you. And when he would come, then the pillar of cloud, the very symbol of the presence of God, would come down upon the tabernacle, upon that tent. And the people could see with their eyes the very presence of God was being restored. You see, now, understand that Moses was thrilled with this because God has said, I'm going to remove my presence. And he says, God, don't remove your presence. And so God says, I won't remove my presence. I will be there. And so they would see the pillar of cloud come down upon the tabernacle. And Moses would talk to God face to face. An amazing thing. And that's what he then says he would go and meet with the people after they had had a time of prayer. And after he talked to God face to face, he said, the people watched and they said, God is with us. And Moses said, this is incredible. God has chosen to be with us. And we know that because we saw the pillar of cloud come down upon them. And so it was that they could all come together and pray. Now, revival is when we pray and we ask for, ask for the presence of God in an unusual and unique way. You see, God does not need supporters. God does not need programs of men. He comes with his very presence. And the thing that Moses longed for is that the presence of God would be with them. And the people were thrilled. They were excited and they saw that God talked to Moses face to face. Now, this encounter, how did it come about? In the history of revival, very often God would come in this intercession period of time and he would call one or two people Remember the Fullerton Street in New York? There was a man that was moved of God to pray, and he began to pray. And suddenly there were two people, then 10 people, then 20 people. And then it expanded to a prayer meeting that uncovered the whole country. And a revival came because the people prayed. They prayed in earnest. They came to the Lord and they said, Lord, we need your presence, but we also need your power. And here is the glory of the God that we have, that he answered their prayer. And in revival, the Spirit of God comes and he meets with people in a unique and a very special way. And that's what we're asking for in revival. It's great that the church is well organized. It's great that we, be, that we lead people to the Lord. It's great that we see evangelism. But there is something more important, and that is that the presence of God will come and be dwelling with us. Now, we can't assume upon the presence of God. We cannot assume because God is God. Yes, he is everywhere. But there is a sense where God comes in a unique and a special way. And so we see that Moses was very grateful that God would now meet with them. Israel was the church in the wilderness, the church in the presence of God, and the church was the very glory of the presence of Christ. And they experienced that fullness. And so we have these two stages, three stages. The first stage is repentance. The second phrase is this intercession. They came to meet with the Lord. And even now today, and I ask you, are you unhappy with the way God is being treated? The way God is being ignored? You say, what do we do? You need to be praying about that. 
and see if God will not call you and say, won't you call other men aside to come to meet with me? And as they came and they would come together, revival would break out because the presence of God would be so manifest and so powerful and the people would repent. Now it's interesting that God says, you come apart and being set apart, it means that you're consecrated. It means that you're not living for yourself. You're now living for the glory of God and you're living for the goodness of God and you've repented of that which has led you astray. And God says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to strip off your ornaments. You say, what was that all about? Well, remember, it was the ornaments that they had been given by the Egyptians that they took off their earrings and they put them into the fire and made the golden calf and then they worshiped the golden calf. And God says, I want you to prove and demonstrate your commitment to me and your repentance by stripping off your ornaments. That's an amazing thing that they, that's what they all did. All of the people did that and they showed how repentant they were. So that's stage two. And that's the next unique thing that we want to see. You see, because God says this, we have in Ezekiel the story of the glory of God being in the temple. And because God was grieved, he removed his presence. And it says how that he had all these symbols of the glory of God. And the glory of God was on the temple. And it began to lift and it began to rise and go away. And the glory of the Lord departed. It's interesting. Eli did not do well with his sons, Hophnius and Phineas. They did not live for the glory of God. They lived in wickedness. And so it was that they said, well, we can win by taking the Ark of the Covenant with us, the very symbol of God's presence. And they took it into battle, and the Philistines defeated them, defeated them soundly. And, and the two boys were put to death, and the Ark of the Covenant was taken and she one of the grand one of the daughter-in-laws was going to have a child around this time and she said therefore i'm going to name the child ichabod meaning the glory of the lord has departed so when the people forget god the glory of god departs and that's always a possibility oh how much trouble we are in when we live without the presence of god it was souls in tells about how that he remembers as a boy that he would talk to his grandfather and he would say, why are things going so wrong in our country? Why, is, why are we so miserable? Why are we so uh, evil? Why are we so broken? And Solzhenitsyn's grandfather said, the problem is we have forgotten God. And when people forget God, they began to reap the consequences. Revival is when the glory of God returns. The glory of the Lord returned. And it's kind of interesting. We have in the New Testament story, one of the most amazing stories, because there we have Peter, James, and John went with Jesus up into the high mountain. And there they met with, with the very Moses and Elijah met with Christ. And the glory of the Lord came down upon Christ. And it was so glorious, it was so brilliant that Moses, excuse me, uh, Peter, James, and John, they couldn't look. They, they completely had to cover their eyes 
because the glory was so powerful and so overwhelming because the glory of God is like that. So these people repented and said, God, we want your presence. Well, the presence of God came back. And there's this interesting little sideline in, in this same 33rd chapter that when the people came together and God talked to Moses face to face, and after he would have these meetings, Moses then would go back to the people and he would go back to the people and tell them what God had done, how glorious it was, the presence of God. And then scripture tells us, and Joshua did not leave the tabernacle. What does that mean? It meant this young man under Moses' instruction was staying in the temple, in the tabernacle, looking for and expecting even more of the presence of God. I wonder, how hungry are you for the presence of God? Are you longing for it? Are you praying for it? Are you asking God in prayer? Come back, because we need to see the presence of God, because when the presence of God comes back, the glory of God will come back, and there will be an establishment of righteousness and goodness and the glory of God. And that's the glory of our message. That's the gospel message. The gospel message is that we have a God that will come into our presence, will reveal himself in his beauty and his power. And here he is saying to Moses, Moses, I will be with you. You say, if you're with us, how will anyone know that we are your children? He says, I want you to know. My very presence will say to all the Egyptians and the whole world that you are my people because you have walked with me and you've trusted me. You put your faith in me and you've come back in repentance and you've asked me to bless you and I'm going to bless you in abundance and give you victory. Well, that just gives us a start because we have to go on because we will go on to see how that Moses does something amazing. He actually asks for the revelation of the glory of God. And the glory of God is something that we need to be longing for and we need to be praying for. I wonder, maybe this week you should phone another brother or sister and say, you know, we need to come together and to pray. We need to ask that the presence of God be with us and work in a powerful and a new way. Because God is a God that loves to dwell with his people. He loves to reveal his power. He loves to reveal his glory. And that is the message that is ours, to give to the world. No one in the world has this but the Christianity, except only Christ can give this. It is not just a religious part. It is something where the very beauty of Jesus Christ will come and dwell in our midst. So in all of this, we ask that you be with us and to pray. Pray for Randy. Randy and the family have shed many, many tears over this tumor that he has. We don't know how long he has to live. We know that God's in control and God is going to work things all out. He is so thankful for all of you. And he says, Dad, what I want you to do is, you have a lot of friends. I want you to talk to them all. Go to them and pray that God will heal Randy. 
Randy doesn't just want to be healed. He wants to be used of God. And that's our prayer. Not just that God would heal Randy, but rather that he will live a life with meaning and purpose in the days that lie ahead, no matter how short or how long they are. I just pray that you will pray with me. And we're going to pray right now for Randy. Lord, we thank you that Randy has had a revelation of you during this time as he realizes the end of life could be near. And so, Lord, it's not that we don't trust you. You can heal him whenever you want. But at the same time, you may want to glorify even in taking him home. And so, Lord, it causes us to shed many tears. Our days are numbered. We understand that. And Randy's days are numbered. And we just thank you that you've given us all these years with Randy. And he's loved us and he's loved you. And he wants to live for your glory. He stated that just this last week. Oh, I want God's glory in my life. So, dear friends, pray with me and seek the glory of God because God is a glorious God. Thank you so much for praying and loving us, and we are so thankful for you. The Lord bless you. Montebello Church Sermons.